So good morning. It is so good to be with you this morning. Today we start a new series on the book of Philippians. So we're gonna, it's going to be a four-part series. I wanted to show you a picture. Upu graduated a little over a week ago from the sixth grade. And this is her picture right here. So with Upu is Denny Araki, and she is the MVA Homeless Program Specialist for the Department of Education. It's because of Denny that we got hooked up with Upu and her father, Nico, and we got to take part in this celebration. And, and Denny started coming to our church, and, and she's right here. Denny Araki, yeah, and, and so I know personally that it takes a lot of energy. I'm just trying to help one family, and I'm exhausted sometimes at the end of the day. Denny takes care of 1,500 homeless kids on the leeward side, and she is tireless. She is a ball of energy, and she has a heart that reminds me of Jesus. So this was a great day. She was like a proud mama, and, and, and great job, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. I also wanted to share, you know, we, we all prayed for a... a a gentleman named Ben last week. So I wanted to ask Norma to come up and just, just share how he's doing. Would you do that, Norma? This is Norma. You all know her. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for your blessings and for your prayers for Ben. I, uh, we brought him home yesterday from the hospital after four days. He was in ICU one day. Uh, they thought they were only going to take part of the kidney, but they took it all, and thank God, because uh, it was only stage two, and he doesn't have to have any chemo or no radiation. He just got to watch his diet and all that good stuff. But he's healing, and he's grateful for all the prayers that you uh, were doing for him. He felt them. He felt them. I felt them all the way in Arizona, so I had to get on the plane. He's a good friend. And it's been a blessing. So I appreciate all of you guys. And I do miss you, and I see a lot of faces that I do know. Because I was here for 27 years here in Hawaii. So thank you all, and keep praying for him and for me. I keep my hand in God's hand every day. And I ask him to give me the strength to keep on going. I thank you all, and God bless you. Thank you, Norma. Well, that was like a praise report. Good job, church. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Pastor yeah. Danny. So, you know, do, do you like my green shirt? You know, I wore this because the last time I spoke, I wore a green shirt. And we were shopping in Walmart in the afternoon. And my wife kept coming up to me and brushing my arm. And she would like purr. purr. Like, 
And she would say, oh, you look good in that color. So I was trying to be prophetic and hope that happens again today when we're in Walmart. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you posted. But uh, we're in Philippians chapter 1. You know, I was invited to a friend's house a couple weeks ago for dinner, and it was supposed to be fellowship and prayer. So I was excited. I'm all about the dinner. So we go. There is so much food. It reminds me of a Las Vegas buffet. Unreal. Hawaiian food, hokey, everything. Salad, pasta. So I'm done eating. We're hanging out. And then we have a time of prayer. So I know like half the people there. And I don't really know the other half. So some of the people share their prayer request, and we're sitting around um, in, in a circle with the lights turned down. And then they asked me to start praying. And I didn't know what to pray for. I was stuck. And I think it was only like a minute, but it seemed like it was like 15. Because they all opened their eyes, looked at me, and said, Okay, well, what's up, Matt? And so I, I didn't know what to say. So I was like, oh, I think God just wants us to be still. So somebody helped me out, and they started praying, and, and, and it took the burden. But it kind of spoke to me about what I should be speaking about. Because Paul, in Philippians chapter 1, he writes a prayer to the Philippians. So I want to go over that prayer uh, with you. As a former firefighter, I got the privilege for several years to go out and give fire safety presentations. So I would talk to little kids. I would talk to bigger kids. I would talk to regular adults, teach them how to use a fire extinguisher. I would talk to seniors to teach them how to be safe. And I would always go over the magic number. And that magic number is 911. We would constantly repeat it, get it in their mind, so that they would know if they were ever in trouble, all they had to do was call the magic number and the firemen, the policemen, or the ambulance would show up. So I found that a coincidence that Paul's prayer is found in the first chapter, verses 9 to 1-1. So we're starting in verse 9. It says, And this is my prayer, that your love would abound more and more. So I, I, I want to do a, a demonstration, and, and we haven't rehearsed this. Gordon, would, would you come up and help me? Would you come and help me? This is Gordon, everybody. This is Denny's dad. And I got to hang out with him uh, this weekend. He, he brought this in case he got bored. He could listen to something else. No, I'm, I'm just playing with you. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm going to give him some uh, mime instructions. I saw them do this in Vegas, 
And I thought, I've got to work this into my message somehow. So, okay, I'm going to give you instruction, Gordon. Give us a minute because we haven't practiced this. Imagine an empty glass being slowly filled with water. We fill it to the brim. And then it overflows. Hey, give Gordon a hand. Thank you, Gordon. So that, that's what Paul is talking about in verse 9. He's praying for the Philippian church that their love would just fill up their heart and overflow. You know, hanging out with Gordon, he shared with me that he really had a heart to preach. But he didn't know where all the verses were in the Bible. But he knows the Bible. We were doing like Bible jujitsu for like two hours. My mind was tired. But I wanted to show Gordon that with God, all things are possible. Because today, he helped me preach the word of God. Sometimes we don't have to use words. Sometimes it's our action. So thank you, Gordon. So continuing, Jesus, when asked, what is the greatest commandment? He replied that we're supposed to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And the second is like it, to love our neighbor as ourself. Paul wrote a whole chapter on love. And it's found in 1 Corinthians Okay. Can we say this all together? This right here? Ready? Begin. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So Paul takes it to a different level, to a more personal level. What he's saying here is, I'm praying that Debbie is patient. I'm praying that Keith is kind that Janice does not envy, that Paul does not boast, that Vince is not proud, that Melissa does not dishonor others, that Christian is not self-seeking, that Norma is not easily angered, that Nadine keeps no records of wrong, that Paul does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, 
and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as if in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So what Paul is saying is that there's a mess of spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives out. But they're all going to fade away. And he's saying, these are the three that's going to remain. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so I think that's why Paul begins his prayer with love. Love is supreme. As we continue, in knowledge and depth of insight. So this word here, knowledge, it actually is knowledge based on a deep, personal, intimate relationship with God. So Paul is talking that we have knowledge of who God is. Have you ever heard the phrase that love is blind? I've heard that. I think that sometimes. You know, if you see me on any other day besides Sunday, you'll see me wearing a gray t-shirt and jean shorts. When we go to Vegas, that's how I dress. That's my dress-up clothes. And my wife always wears nice clothes. So I think when I'm going out shopping with her, I'm thinking, I wonder if those people are thinking, I wonder if that lady is blind. (laughs) Or sometimes I think, I wonder if that lady is special ed. Because she's with that man. But I've come to realize that, no, she's just special. Because she doesn't look at the outside. She looks right into my heart. And even though I mess up, she keeps trusting that God is going to do a work in me and make me better. So that's what Paul is talking about here. We'll continue on. So that you may be able to discern what is best. Love without knowledge and depth of insight. We can actually love the wrong things. Or we can actually get into a wrong relationship because our love is missing knowledge and depth of insight. So Paul is praying for them for discernment. Not so that they can just distinguish between what's good and what's bad or what's good and what's better. No, he wants us to discern from the better to the best. That's what he's praying uh, for them. 
so that we may be pure and blameless unto the day of Jesus Christ. The word pure, it comes from two words. It actually comes from bringing out into the light and to judge. I remember when my daughter was a young child, she got a splinter. And I couldn't see that splinter. So I had to take her by the window so that I could see the splinter and I could see where it is and I could judge if I could pull it out. That's what Paul's talking about. That we would be able to illuminate our lives so that there wouldn't be any hidden sin. So that we wouldn't make people stumble into sin by what we were doing or what we were saying. This is what Paul's talking about. We'll continue. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. So the other day, Nico and I are having lunch. It's his birthday. So we're having a birthday lunch. And uh, we had just got through with the doctors. And, uh, you know, I get a text from my wife. So I'm pretty excited. Because I think in the last year, from work, she has texted me maybe like three times. And this was one of them. So I was like, oh, it must be important. I probably got to go pick something up. So her text reads, do you want green papaya? So I text back, if you want to eat chicken papaya, bring the green papaya home. I text back to her, oh, by the way, you're treating Nico and I to his birthday lunch. <laughs> so she texts back, oh, I'm so generous. And I text back to her, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> so Nico's like, oh, what did she say? I was like, I think we can have lunch again. She's cool with it. So she texts me one of those emojis. You know those happy face things? But I didn't have my glasses, and I couldn't tell what it was. But I could tell it wasn't a happy face. So I was like, oh, maybe she was being sarcastic. So I text her back. I was like, is, is that a smile? And she texts back, no, it's a kiss. She goes, because I know more herpes. So I had this cold sore on my lip <laughs> for like two weeks. And so I Googled cold sores, and I read that it's like a virus your body gets. And it's kind of related to herpes, so I tell her that, and she's like, ew, you've been kissing me. I'm not going to kiss you. So it's like an ongoing joke, and it didn't go away, but yeah, don't, don't kiss me. But, um, you know, after we were done with lunch, you know, when, when we were at the doctor, we were leaving the doctor's office, we were actually downtown, and um, we saw an older gentleman. He was sitting on a walker just off the sidewalk. 
So we passed by, and he's like, excuse me, can I have two dollars? Because I'm hungry. So I don't have two dollars. So I thought, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have two dollars. And so we continue walking, and, and Nico actually counsels me. He said, Matt, did you even look at that man? I was like, no, why? He's like, look at the way he's dressed. Did you see his shoes? He's not homeless. He probably has more money than you and me put together. And I was like, oh, oh, good thing you told me that, because actually if I had five bucks, I would have given him five bucks. So we're leaving the restaurant, and we see a lady standing in the median. We're at a stoplight, and she's holding a sign, a cardboard sign that says, anything will help. God bless. So now I think it's like a game. So I'm like, okay, Nico, is that person really homeless? And this is what I see Nico do. He digs deep into his pocket. And then he brings out a dollar. And he tells me to roll down my window and to call the lady over and give it to her. So I did. She thanked us. And so I look at Nico. I must have had a puzzled look because he looked down at his feet and he said, I know what it's like to be homeless. Right at that moment, it made me think of the account of the widow that's found in Mark chapter 12. Let's take a look at it. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live in. And God spoke to me. And he's like, are you doing things out of your wealth? When you help people, are you just giving them your excess time? Or are you all in like Nico? We continue in Philippians. To the glory and praise of God. That's what it's all about. Everything we do is to the glory and praise of God. Paul's prayer to the Philippians, it starts with abounding love. And it manifests itself in knowledge and discernment. 
resulting in the ability to make wise choices under pressure. And the results of visible fruits of righteousness that come through a living relationship with Jesus Christ so that God and only God gets all the glory and praise. Whenever you're stuck like me and you don't know what to pray, think of Paul. Pray this prayer over yourself. Pray this prayer over others so that God will get all the glory and all the praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray.